Hey gorgeous mama bears and everybody else that's listening. I'm your host Stacey and welcome to the third episode of Raw Motherhood, Afterbirth, A Real Discovery. This is the podcast full of conversations on mum life from a bunch of amazing mama bears and it's going to be real, it's raw and it's exactly what you need to hear to prepare you so that you know that you aren't alone in this roller coaster called motherhood. Now, when we were left off on our last episode, I was being wheeled out of the hospital, uh, hospital that has no name, I was being wheeled out of a hospital with my new little baby and ready to start on this journey of afterbirth and our new lives as, as parents. Now, I, um, I'd just like to do a little disclaimer is my husband listened to the last podcast and he said to me, Uh, There were a few changes in there. Now, apparently, uh, I was incorrect. Apparently, the epidural, I waited an hour and then pushed for 20 minutes. And then apparently, it wasn't his dead uncle. Uh, Apparently, it was his grandfather, who I also haven't met. But disclaimer, I need to say that I was incorrect. Uh, But, you know, I was high on gas. So, hey, it could have been a freaking dinosaur for all I know. But I do remember there were photos on the bed, and I do remember they were uh, people that I have not met. Anyway, on to our new podcast. He just wanted me to make sure that was said, by the way. Anyway, on to the new podcast. So, as I said, I am being wheeled out of hospital with this brand new little life sitting on my lap. And um, isn't it crazy how you give birth and you are given this this human um, that comes out and you're still in shock of what the hell's just happened to you. And you're being wheeled out of the hospital and see you later, alligator. Look after this human now for the rest of your life. Isn't it quite scary? Like you just, oh, okay, so I'm put in a car now and and what if what if he stops breathing on the way? What if the car seat's not right? What if he what if he chokes? What if I don't know, what if the the sock isn't on and then he gets pneumonia and he starts crying and what if I'm unable to settle him? What if I fall asleep? What if someone crashes on the way? Holy moly. You think that you're scared when you're pregnant trying to look after this baby? Imagine for the next, I'd say, 18 years of your life. However, I am 33 and I'm pretty sure my mum still worries about me as well. So you're pretty much worried now for the rest of your life about what's going to happen to this tiny little soul. So as I said, it's quite incredible really. You have this this human now to look after. Uh, so this human gets put into the car seat and the um, the hospital, the nurses check the car seat for us, which is so lovely considering, um, you know, they weren't much of a help in their whole birth. Anyway, and so we, are, we drive off and we're on our way to the Walkworth Birthing Centre. And as I said previously, um, this was, uh, we were just so excited, especially after what had just happened. We were so excited to go to Walkworth because we had heard such amazing things about it. And on the way there, um, my husband, I'm just going to call him Sam because that's his name. And then I don't have to continue saying my husband. But anyway, so Sam, he's driving probably only 80 kilometers, to be honest. But from where we were to, um, as I said, somewhere on the shore. Um, so where we were up to Walkworth, you're looking at a good 40 minutes, you know, with no traffic. And it was Easter weekend, so we were bound to get hit with something. And so I took about an hour and he was driving, as I said, about 80 k's, but it felt like 200. I was so scared that something was going to happen to us. And I was like, don't go, don't, don't go too fast on that corner. Watch out. Don't go over here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My son, Eli, he's, he's spinning. His head's falling down. Oh, no. Actually, he was driving very, very slowly. But you, you have this human life now in your car, and it's not just you. You're, you're scared that someone's going to crash into you when you've just um, 
given birth and brought this this little human earth side so that's quite terrifying actually the first drive that you do with your child uh, and so we we arrive at the uh, walk with birthing center and we're still in lockdown obviously so the door opens and these lovely lovely ladies come out and it was just like it was just like um I think I said in my last podcast, going to heaven, really. It was like being welcomed in the, into the arms of of your nana and your warm home. And, you know, with her scones at the kitchen and all those things like that, and hot cup of tea. They 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 welcomed us in and they took us to our room. And, and, um, and they just really supported us throughout the next few days, actually. They came and checked on Eli. They checked on me. They had these beautiful food just prepared. And I thought that I wouldn't be able to eat it all. But, man... Once you've given birth and you haven't eaten and the only thing you've eaten was dog shit on rice, um, you actually, you don't realize how starving you are. Uh, My husband is used to, Sam, is used to having a lot of my food, but I don't, I think I may have shared a little bit with him. So husbands, when you go up or partners and birth partners or whatever you're called, uh, so just make sure that you take yourself a lot of food if you go to the birthing center because your wife will be starving wife, partner, girlfriend, she will be starving uh, and she will need all that food. Oh my goodness, I had like salads, I had pies, um, homemade as well, by the way, not big bins, one dollar down from the, from the, um, what is that place called? Gas station, that's right, not from down at the gas station. It's all homemade and then you get a soup and, and then you get dessert and a yogurt and fruit and, and then you get uh, a cup of tea and you're just like, wow, and you just keep eating because you are starving. You're ravished, ravished, that's the word I'm looking for. Nope, famished, one of those words anyway. You're really, really hungry. Uh, so, and, and and your baby, it's just sleeping all the time and then they look after the baby and they check over him and... And they say to you, look, you know, you can go have a have a shower now. Uh, and so Sammy just laid there with our son Eli and they showed us how to wrap him up. And and Sam, because I was still in quite a bit of shock, actually, um, I just stepped back and let him do everything. So he he learned how to wrap Eli and, and he learned how to um, how to dress him. You, you think that's it's funny, actually, you think you don't need to learn how to dress another human considering you've been dressing yourself for about 30 years. But when you've got this tiny human and these little, little tiny hands need to go through these armholes and then this tiny, tiny head needs to go uh, through this hole and you're just so scared to to drop him, to move him, to break an arm and you hear something click and you're worried that you've pulled his arm socket out, but um, you don't. Anyway, they are quite um, robust, those little human beings. But so I let Sam do a lot of it because I thought, well, you know what? I just pushed him out of my vagina, grew him for nine months. I feel like you can take over now for a short time. Anyway, and as I said, I was I was still in shock. I don't know what, I don't know, like you say you're in shock, but it's weird because you knew this was coming, but it's just all such a whirlwind and it's crazy and you have no control and it's just quite, um, it's traumatic actually and well, I thought it was traumatic. Quite a few people think it's traumatic. But you, you don't die and you get through it and then you're like, wow, that was pretty cool what I just did. But what the hell just happened? And yeah, anyway. So then I went for um, a shower. Now, I, I was wondering about telling you about the shower episode because most of you, I don't know if you want to hear about me having a shower. However, I feel like this is really, really important. Because at this point, although I'm worried about my son, I'm still quite confused. Um, 
And I just don't know what has happened. I've tried uh, breastfeeding. Sorry, I'll have to rewind it a bit. I tried breastfeeding at the before I had my shower and it was painful. It was so painful. I remember a lactation consultant at um, our antenatal group talking to us saying that breastfeeding is not painful and I just and that if it was painful it was everything was wrong. And I did say to her actually, I said, Well, you know, you say that, but how come everyone that I've spoken to has said that it takes a little while to get used to because it's quite painful? And she said to me, Well, I guess there is slight discomfort, you know, you're not used to having someone suck on your nipples um for twenty four seven. I just well, I secretly wanted to say something smart back, but I didn't. Anyway, she is correct. I'm not used to having someone suck on my nipples twenty four seven. So yes, there was slight discomfort also known as incredible pain and I will also talk about that in another podcast because I feel like breastfeeding needs its own freaking podcast because there is so much around it and it is painful um, or discomfort for all of us just different levels of discomfort so Eli what he had done is uh, he he was latching but he was latching like a freaking piranha he had held on so tight to my nipple that there was um, hickeys like bruises all around it and I was just bawling my eyes out and I was like, this kid causes me so much pain and I just didn't want to have a bar of him for some time. So now fast forward, as, as I said, we I went into the shower and Sam was just so, he was so in love with our son. He was so happy. He was smiling. He was cuddling him. He was just looking at him and, and I just, to be honest, I just kind of like, I was like, okay, well, you know, he's cool, but I don't really, I need some time out. And so, yeah, I went into the um when I'm in the shower, I actually look down and because your tummy as well, by the way, it's still massive. It's still round. It's still huge. And <laughs> funny, again, before I go on about the shower, uh, a good friend of mine, her husband wrote on our antenatal page, oh, you know, husbands, don't be alarmed if your wife's uh, stomach is still round for for a little while, a few days, uh, because um, I was alarmed. I thought, you know, it'd go down straight away. And I said to him, mate, I'm four months in and my stomach's still round, you know, what what he got to say about that? But he was, I think what he was saying is he was just like, he, and it is weird, like you, you, this human comes out of you, so you expect it to go down a little bit, but it doesn't, it takes a little while. And some of us, it takes, some of us have gone, um, it takes longer than others, but it definitely is still massive round and, but it's weird. It's like, like um, jello, I'd say jelly, but yeah, I don't know. So it's like, jello that's been injected with uh i don't know maybe slime or extra gelatine i don't know so you you're looking down in the shower and you're having a nice hot shower by yourself which is lovely and i started bawling my eyes out man i was just crying because i this tummy was still massive but it was jelly and it was empty i'm i'm used to just putting my hand down and just feeling you know you rub your beautiful belly and you um, feel your your child moving and it's lovely it is quite cool and then all of a sudden it's empty it's jelly and the thing that came out of it caused you pain is and is continuously causing you pain and there was a thought that went through my head at that time actually I was like that's not my baby in there this my baby's in here and my baby's here in my stomach and I know that sounds crazy uh, maybe it's the drugs that I was still on I don't know but I was uh, I just it was weird. I couldn't get over it for a second. I was like, that that kid out there is not mine. Um, it's something's wrong. Like, you know, he he's caused me pain. He's he's let you know, the, he's he's continuously causing me pain, i.e. with breastfeeding. 
my baby's here safe in my stomach, but he's also not. And I don't know how to explain it, but it was a very um, weird, unusual, upsetting feeling of emptiness. And that takes a little while to get through. And some people don't have that, but some people do. And I have spoken to some people about that. And they did feel that too, that that emptiness feeling. Um, and yeah, I went back into the room and Sam is, and I just kept looking at Sam and I was, I was quite, um, I'd like to say jealous, but jealous sort of comes with a little bit of negativity that word so I guess a little bit envious I was envious that he was sitting there enjoying our son and just so happy and and here I was who the, the woman who'd grown this baby I'm supposed to fall immediately in love with him and just like in the movies and be in awe of him but yet I was I was just confused and upset and and I didn't um and I wasn't I felt like I wasn't connecting with him like I should and Sam was really connecting with him um, and I was in my thoughts in my head again, probably the drugs, but in my thoughts in my head at the time, I was like, how come he gets to have all the fun? How come he gets to, you know, enjoy all the smiles? And, and I'm the one that was in pain for nine months. I'm the one that's pushed him out in extreme agony. And now I'm the one that is only having him to breastfeed and he's just giving me hickeys on my boobs. Um, and I'm just in pain and, it's just, yeah, so that, that take, took a little while to get around, actually. So I said to Sam, I was like, no, and he was being great. He was trying to take Eli off me so I could rest. And I said, no, actually, I need to I need to enjoy him. I need to sit here and I need to hug him for some, some time. You know, I need to try and uh, do, I need to try and dress him. I need to try and wrap him. I need to try and do something other than freaking breastfeed him and be angry and upset and crying because at this point, I'm not really enjoying anything. So, uh, yeah, so I, I try to do that. And I think that's really important, just taking some time out to try and um, enjoy this little baby and look at him. And, I mean, you're going to have your whole lives together, but it is important for that time to try and connect with him and, and try and um, have some skin-to-skin uh, -skin time as well. Even if you're just in a bra, you know, you don't have to be fully nudo, but just take off your top and just be in your bra if you want to and just sit there and, and just really enjoy, um, try and enjoy what's what's just come out of you. <laughs> Uh, I've also written some notes down in case I forget anything about the afterbirth because it's been a while now and also Mother Nature, she's fantastic at pushing it into the back of your brain like a like a haze so that you do it again. Um, so if anything becomes hazy, like, you know, apparently uh, a few notes in my first podcast were, uh, um, so if anything comes hazy, I've written it down here. So here we go. If I pause, it's because of that. Ah, yes, adrenaline, that's right. So I've said to say also I want to talk about the fact that you are on adrenaline when you have given birth. You, uh, For the first few days, you feel amazing, well, apart from the sadness. What I mean is you'd think that you are tired, but you're not. You're For a couple of days, you're on this this high of adrenaline and are you, you're calling everybody, you're you know, video calling and want to show them everybody, like, look what I made. He's here. Oh, my God. Um, he's sleeping again. But look at him. He's here. Pretty cool. I did that. And it's uh, it's quite it's quite amazing. You're just, oh, man, I'm not even tired at all. I want to go for a walk. I want to do this. I want to do that. And by about day, by about maybe day two, maybe day three, and you'll find that online as well on Google, Mr. Old, Mr. Google or Mrs. Google, whatever, Mr. and Mrs. Google, um, Oh, wow. So you, you do find that you're on this, this adrenaline and then by day two or three you are hit by a bus. You literally feel like you've been hit by a bus 
Uh, so take some time out to have a rest because you become extremely exhausted. It's all that uh, energy that you used previously and you know, the hormones, the, the, I don't know what it's called. I'm not a scientist. I can't remember. Um, uh, I don't know. Whatever. The hormone that helps you give birth anyway. And you, you're on this huge, this high and natural energy and then you're hit by a bus and everything feels bruised. Uh, you're in pain. It feels like, it literally feels like you're bruised from all around there. Um, you're not, but you probably are. You are actually from the inside, but, you know, you look down and nothing's purple. So you you feel like you've been hit by a bus and, it, and walking's hard. Oh, that's right. And your feet, they swell up so massive. I looked down and I was like, hold up. I'm supposed to be getting skinnier, not fatter. What the hell's happened here? My legs on day about day about, by about day two as well. Um they swelled up so huge. They were like these massive, massive elephant feet. I, could, I couldn't even get on my jandals. I couldn't put on my, my leggings, which was quite funny because the bag I packed to go to Walkworth Birthing Centre, I couldn't fit barely any of it. Um, so make sure you take uh, big clothes because you're still going to be in those for quite some time. And things that you, I couldn't put on my leggings, they were quite difficult. I had these harem pants, couldn't get my feet through the ankles. So I got told that it was because of the drugs from the epidurals. I don't know. Um, I've got nothing else to compare it with, to be honest. But it could be um, from the drugs from the epidural. But apparently that happens after birth. Is uh, yeah, all the blood or fluid? I don't know. Anyway, rushes to your feet and your body swells. So, but just be warned, it goes over within twenty four hours, so it's fine. Now, also we didn't come out of. So on the Walkworth Birthing Centre, these nurses—they're incredible. They check on you all the time. As I said, bring this amazing food. Um, they also took Eli for us a couple of times and walked with him around and just sat with him while he slept because Sam and I needed to sleep. We were absolutely exhausted. And we barely came out of the room, actually, uh, because you're just in this like newborn bubble. And also it was locked down, so we weren't supposed to come out of our room. But the cool thing, though, is that four, there were five of us who gave birth to my antenatal group in that week. And there were one two three four of us there at the same time which was so cool and we've got a photo we also got told off because we were uh, not social distancing but hey you know you just gave birth and you want to just share your your child with the world and you want to hug all your friends and you know but anyway so it was actually pretty cool there are a few of us there so we did chat to each other in um in the rooms and things like that but yeah you do just just stay in your own little newborn bubble and trying to figure everything out and try and get some rest and try and eat this amazing food um, and and calling everybody, as I said. And then the nurse comes in and says to you, Stacey, we got to breastfeed again. And she brings in this freaking, um, what did I call it? Satan's machine, possibly. Machine of Satan, I can't remember. It was like a machine from Satan himself, actually. This is, it's like the Terminator. I don't know if that's what the Terminator sounds like. I have not, I don't really know what else sounds like that, actually. But it was, it was horrible. This, this massive machine comes in because I was struggling with breastfeeding. To be honest, I probably would have given up if it wasn't for them. So they came in and they um, said, do you mind if we try and put the machine on? I said, okay. The suction thing goes on in this machine. Trying to suck out the life from your boobs and your nipples. Um, I'm bawling my eyes out and it's only on level one. And she's like, oh, I was like, I can't do it anymore. 
and she was a homey moly. We're going, we got our, um, you know, we've got uh, a night ahead of us because I needed to get it up to about level six or seven to get any milk out. So she said, do you mind if I hand express? Now just, just, just think about that for a second. Hand express. That's what they do for cows. So I'm sitting there, as I said, I've just, uh, you remember I've just given birth and I've sat there with my legs open while I've shat myself and sitting my own pee and blood and been stitched from the inside out. Um, and then I'm sitting in a chair with no top on, having another lady um, milk me and literally hand express my nipples and try and get out the colostrum because that's highly important. You have no dignity at this point. Actually, you lost your dignity a long time ago, probably when you were pregnant, to be honest. Um, and so you just don't care anymore. Go ahead, milk me if you need to. Why not? Just don't bring that freaking machine near me again. <laughs> so she's milking me and we get out some colostrum. And then I had to uh, sign a form to allow them to give him formula because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it at that point. I was just in tears. I said, I need to just have my nipples need a break. Now, I want to say that I actually find it quite sad that you have to sign a form um, to allow them to have formula because a, a fed baby is a happy baby, right? And any food, as long as they get something, quick, you know, is, is fine. Well, I think anyway. And I was doing my best. So she gave him a bottle and my boobs gave, had all these ice packs on them and these little ice nipple shield thingies. They were great. And then we tried again. And, and eventually, after a lot of hand expressing and Satan's machine, um, we managed to get the milk out. And if it wasn't for them, I just want to say I would have given up breastfeeding. But by day three, I was, I was walking around breastfeeding. I was... Um, I was really happy with myself. I was happy with Eli and I was like, you know what? I'm ready to go home now. It was really sad to see, um, to, to, to say bye to these gorgeous nurses and to say goodbye to some of our friends that were there because I knew that we wouldn't be seeing them for a long time and we were all, because we were all still on lockdown. But we were so excited to go home. So we pack up everything. And we get into the car, we say goodbye to these lovely nurses from Walkworth Birthing Centre. Put the capsule in the car again. Sorry, I think somebody, somebody's coming to interrupt my lovely podcast. Nope, okay, cool, we're good to go. Anyway, and so we get in the car and we drive off home again. And my parents, um, or my mum and dad, they're actually at uh, at home. They, were, they had moved in with us for lockdown. And so they were at home waiting for us. And I was, so, oh man, I was so excited to show somebody in our family this, this gorgeous little human. And we're driving again. It um, felt like 100 kilometers in 50 an hour, but it was actually, I only think, about 60 probably. We get home and, and on our way home, actually up our driveway, because everyone had been waiting for us to, for me to give birth. And we tooted and we were like, whoa, he's here, he's here. And we were tooting our horn and beeping all the way up the street. Man, it was so cool. I felt like a, and people were waving out the windows because there's a lovely street that we have here. And I felt like the queen herself, actually. It was really cool. And then our neighbours, the cutest little thing ever, they had this welcome, the kids had made a welcome home sign and they were flashing it and, oh, it was just cute. Possibly some tears again. Um, but it was just, it was, it was actually pretty freaking cool. I felt, I felt so warm and, and hearts and butterflies inside. And uh, they had this welcome home, Stacy and baby. And they were flashing it around and running around. They were so excited. And we came down the drive and we showed them our beautiful baby and went inside. And, and our little chihuahuas, they were, 
they were so excited, this little this little thing. They didn't know what to do with it. But when I sat on the, the chair to breastfeed, they both jumped up and they just sat by us. And we've got a photo, actually, and that just warmed my heart. They were... And they've been in love with him ever since, actually. Um, we actually. Funny thing is we actually had to get a dog trainer in because they became so um, possessed, possessed, that's a terrible word, sorry, obsessed with him that they didn't want anyone else to come near him. So we've, we've had to get a dog trainer in to help us um, so that they know that other people can also uh, talk to Eli and, and see him. But um, although I, so although that we gave, I, we, whatever, gave birth during level four, I was also very lucky that it was level four because when I got home, I had my husband here for a couple of weeks, quite about three weeks, and I also had mum and dad uh, in the house as well. And so I actually had a huge support system waiting for me, and that is so, so important. You just, I'd like to say you can't do this by yourself. Now, there are people who do do it by themselves, um, and massive ups to them because I don't think I could have done it by myself. It is such you know, the recovery is much harder than what you think it's going to be. It really is. And you have to be kind to yourself. You have to try and um, accept the help from whoever's going to give you some help. You really do. We were lucky enough to be nominated for a website called Bellyful when my parents actually left and they dropped off some food for us. And I never realized until I had a baby of my own that um, dropping off food to first-time mums or anyone with a new baby even if it's their third or fourth baby, just dropping off some food is massively helpful. And next time I have um, friends with babies, I'm not going to go around and take them a cute little outfit that I saw that I thought they needed to have because they're probably only going to wear it once. I'm actually going to take them some food and snacks and that's what I've tried to do anyway when I've seen new friends because it's just so, um, it's really well received and it's really, really, um, you're really grateful to have, to not have to think about cooking or anything and as I said before, you are starving all the time. Along with starving, you are, you are so thirsty, you feel like, um, you know, the, the Sahara Desert is dried up in your mouth. If you are breastfeeding, now if you're not, that's all good as well. But if you're breastfeeding, you need to make sure you've got a box next to you at all times that has um, a drink bottle, some snacks, um, maybe a little flannel or a nursing pad in, ca in case you leak or when you leak, actually, to be honest. You need to have some kind of um, haka pump. I, I love the haka pump because you become engorged and it's so painful. You've never had pain in those boobs until then. Um, you need your nipple cream. You need all these things next to you. And because you and you need to have it in like a little carry box or something that you can take with you wherever you are or just at the station that you breastfeed. My station was bed and then a chair, so I just took it then. And, um, and and the water bottle is hugely important because you sit down and you're like, mum, we said to me, do you need something to drink? I was like, no, no, I'm good. I just had a drink. And I'm not even without a word of a lie. As soon as you sit down and that piranha latches on, you're thirsty. That Sahara Desert is dried up in your mouth and you are instantly thirsty. So make sure you've got a drink. Um, you've got a, a bottle of water next to you at all times. Maybe some coconut water or, or something as well if you'd like. Now, there is something else here that I'd like to, to address is the fact that um, you've got a poo, okay? Now, when I left Walkworth, sorry, I, I forgot to, to talk about that actually, is they really like you before you leave the hospital or anything like that to make sure that you can pee, you're fine peeing, I think because you're pelvic floored probably, and that you can have a poo. And they, they really didn't want me to go home until I pooed actually, so... I did have a little poo there, um, and then when you get home, you know, you 
continue pooing, obviously. But I was terrified of pooing because a friend of mine had told me that if you push too hard, it all falls out. Now, it doesn't fall out, but it is quite scary to take um, pushing. Um, and and you, you do, you can't actually push too hard because uh, I've heard it causes hemorrhoids um, if you push too hard. And I was terrified of having these lumps um, and hemorrhoids as well. So I've heard that the, it causes hemorrhoids and um, I've heard that things... It can also cause a pelvic floor collapse, etc. So, I was, so what you got to do is you got to take um, you take some laxatives or some metamucil or whatever, and you take it prior, and you just got to like, you got to make sure someone has baby because you just have to relax. You just sit there and relax. Some people have different positions. Um, oh, that's right. My friend told me the other day that her midwife told her to hold a pad or a towel um, on your vagina and push it up when you're pooing so that nothing falls out the front when it's supposed to be falling out the back um so <laughs> uh, laughing at my own joke but you know apparently that's actually quite helpful I didn't do that but she told me it was incredibly helpful I just uh took some metamucil and set it on the toilet really relaxed and just hoped for the best and um yeah, it, it, it was fine, but it's actually quite scary for quite some time pooing. So just be careful with that. Don't rush into that too fast. Um, ensure that you've got some, um, yeah, I don't know, some towel there or something there. And ensure that you've got some Metamucil as well to help you. Uh, because that is, is quite scary. Uh, and if you haven't been through it, you're about to go through it and you'll know what I mean. Now, the next point here that I wanted to talk about is the fact that everybody tells you to nap when baby sleeps sleep when baby sleeps now you may be able to do that but I'd just like to tell you that's a full of crock because a um yeah they sleep a lot when they're a newborn but you're on these adrenaline rush you're also you know they're, they're asleep and then they're waking up very soon so you want to try and have a shower you want to try and have something to eat or or do something before they wake up or they only sleep on you um, so, you know, when are you going to sleep then? You don't want to fall, you know, you don't want to fall asleep in case you suffocate the baby. You don't want to fall asleep in case you fall over and the baby falls out of your arms. Um, so your best bet is to get someone else to come and support you uh, and take, you know, feed them, pass them over to your husband, nana, mum, sister, auntie, I don't know, whoever's coming to help. And just um, hold, let them hold baby for a little while and for you to have a nap because sleeping when they sleep, if it's just you at home, you at home is, is really difficult. So don't be under any illusion that's going to happen because it probably won't. Um, and also, that's right, I want to talk about the fact that crying. There's going to be a lot of crying. I remember speaking to one of my best friends and she told me, be prepared for this because she's not much of a crier. Um, I don't even think she cried on a wedding day. I mean, she's a lovely soul, beautiful heart, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. But she doesn't cry a lot and she said to me she was for a few weeks after birth she was bawling her eyes out all the time and just couldn't understand why well that's well, that's hormones for you isn't it but I remember just yeah and I was like shit what am I going to be like I'm a blubbering mess at the, at the best of days and I just one of the instances I want to talk about is the fact that um when Eli would cry I would cry I would get so flustered and upset because I was like well why is he crying? I've I've got so much experience. I'm a I was a nanny. I'm a teacher. I know babies. Um, why is he crying? I don't know what's wrong. And then I would start crying, and I'd get flustered. And I was like, should I failed as a mum? I know, real drastic. But these thoughts go through your head. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Sam, 
he didn't have a lot of experience at all, but yet he was amazing. He was so amazing. He would be patient and he's like, calm down. It's okay. We'll figure it out. And I was just like, well, no, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm the mum here. I should know what to do instantly. As soon as my baby comes into this world, I should know. Um, I don't know what to do. Therefore I've failed. I suck. Poor son who's got me as a mum. Again, you know, it's full drastic point there. However, there are so many thoughts, hormones, emotions going through you at the time. And I just want to say be kind to yourself because it does get easier. And eventually I, you know, I, I stopped crying and I figured out what to do. And Eli, he's just, that's my son. He, if I, I think I've said his name. But, you know, he's this little kid's been swimming in the darkness in your stomach, remember? And he could, you know, he's, he's swimming naked. And now he's got all these clothes on him and he's got these nappies on him. And he's, he's um, you know, you don't know whether you're dressing him too warm or too hot because they tell you, you know, always have one layer more than yourself. But he's sweating. But they told you one layer more. So, you, you know, you're scared to take it off. Um, you're scared to take the socks off in case, you know, he dies of pneumonia. Again, a bit drastic, but, you know, those thoughts go through your head. Um, and you're just sort of scared to do anything wrong. But just just be kind to yourself because, you know, they, they um, you know, they're also used to having food on tap. And now they have to suck and they have to cry for the food and they have to tell you when they're upset. And, and it's all a big learning curve. You know, they're learning. There's bright lights everywhere. They're learning how to be earthside. And all they want is you. Now, I actually wanted to be a lot more prepared for uh, this podcast because I wanted to read you guys a beautiful poem that I had read about um, the fact that not only is a is a child born, but a mother is born as well. And there was a beautiful poem about that, but I'm not prepared as such, meaning I can't actually find it right now. But you are, it is exactly true that you are not the person you were before and you never will be again. You are a version of your old self. You you are a new person and, and that's still cool, but it's going to take some time to learn who that new person is. It's going to take some time to learn who this new human is. And we all say be kind to ourselves, but you don't really realize until you're in that situation how kind you need to be. And you really need to accept help from other people. Uh, you really need to, if anyone wants to help you, you need to accept help from them and try not to be stubborn like I was and continue doing everything because it's not easy. It's not easy. You've you've got to get come to terms with your new body. You've got to come to terms with the fact that um, a human is latched on to you twenty four seven, and um, even changing the nappy. I remember, I was the midwife was changing the nappy with me, and I was disgusted. I was like, "Ooh, yuck! Oh, look at that! Yuck!" And I'm used to dealing with shit as well, but it was, um, it's just I don't know. The, the whole thing is just a, it's a it's it's brand new. No matter how much experience you have, your first kid, your fourth kid, your nanny, twins, I don't know, whatever. It's all a new ball game. And so you, you really have to um, rediscover. So make sure you've got it. Once again, I re reiterate, make sure you've got an amazing village behind you because you're going to need those people. Whoever they are, you're going to need them. Um, or else you're just, you're not going to get through this with your sanity. You will get through it, but you might... You might uh, do a few crazies before then anyway, so make sure you've you've got them on call. Uh, I, I was going to talk about the fact that, also I did want to also talk about the fact that um, your midwife visits. Now, that would probably be the last thing I mentioned, but your midwife will come and check up on you and at home for the first six weeks. 
Now, during lockdown, it was a little bit different for us, but our midwife, it was amazing. And she came up and came and checked up on us as well. But she had to have masks and gloves and all that things. But they do check up on you. They check that the stitches are all good to go. They check um, right up until six weeks. They check up on your baby. And I remember every time she came, I was I had these things to talk about. I was like, nope, he's got a rash. What's that rash? Oh, no, his feet, they're bowed. Look, they go in. And look at his eyebrow. Look, why his eyebrow? Why is his hairs going up on one side and not the other side? Oh, no. And I think I was look, I was just looking for things wrong because... A, I thought, gosh, he couldn't be that perfect. Look how beautiful he is. Um, I know we're all biased, but I was like, there must be something wrong, you know, which is pretty stink to say. But I just, and the other side, I was like, well, I want to make sure that I, um, if there is anything wrong, I find out and I get onto it straight away because I'm his mum and I need to know this and I need to know that and <laughs> I need to be there at all times and I need to to be with him at all times and I need to um, ensure that he is he is okay and I've got the best support possible for him. So I kept, you know, asking her all these questions. And every time she assured me he was perfectly fine. Um, so I have relaxed a lot now. But I just I just kept thinking if I don't find, um, if there is something wrong and I don't find it, I've failed. And that's that's a thought that goes through our head as well as mums. We just, we're just so convinced that um, we need to know everything um, or else we've failed. And... And you don't, you don't need to know everything because as I said before, you're, you're learning, baby's learning, husband's learning, your, your relationship with your husband, it is going to change or your partner, you're going to try and say it's not, you're going to try and say we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to be intimate and we're going to go on dates and, and you know, mum and dad are going to come and look after them. Well, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry, but it's not. Your relationship changes and, uh, in some ways, it changes for the better. Some people, it changes for the worst, unfortunately. But in, in, um, but my husband has, sometimes I'd like to say he's he's never loved me more than he loves me now. The the respect that he has, has given me since giving birth. I mean, he always respected me, but he said to me, you know, what bringing, he used to just always say to me, thank you so much for giving me the best gift in the whole world. And, and, and the love between you, it actually grows. I mean, for a lot of us, um, for some people it doesn't, as I said. But the love increases, but it does change. You know, we we don't hold hands as much anymore because there's always a human on one hand and dogs on the other hand. And, and we try to spend some time with each other, but I can't remember the last time we sat together and really watched a movie and without, you know, the baby crying or something, having to do something. So just, just be prepared that your relationship will change uh, with your husband, your partner, your friends, your family. But that's okay as well, because once again, this is a new journey, it's a new life, and you're all just learning, and things will get back to, to you know, the way they were, or some some version of it anyway, but all you need to do, ladies, I would say for the first, these next six weeks, but actually, all you need to do, doesn't matter if it takes you six weeks, four weeks, six months, it doesn't matter, all you need to do is look after yourself, look after your baby, um, and and just and of course look after your 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 family unit your husband and things like that but your partner sorry uh, but what I mean is just really treasure the moments that you have with them try not to do too much that's where I failed as I did I try to do everything too much too fast and I next time round I really just want to focus on my recovery and focus on trying not to do everything all at once you know. I just want to focus on on us, and that's that's um, if I can 
leave you with any pearly words of wisdom on this this podcast here is be kind to yourself again be kind to yourself be kind to those people around you because they're just trying to help you uh, trying to help you navigate this new this this new journey of yours and they're trying to help you recover so if they tell you to go to bed or have a hot shower and they'll bring you dinner in bed just let them do it if they say to you we're going to you know cook you meals for for a week or a month let them do it if um you know if you need to i don't know go have a really long shower or even if you don't if you need to just watch tv or read a book or anything or if you anything just just do it okay and be kind to yourself because you've uh, you've brought life into this world and it's a truly beautiful thing um, I just wanted to sign off on that note, actually. I was about to, once again, see if I could leave any pearly words of wisdom. Uh, but I don't have any more, actually. And so I'm going to sign off on this journey of, of afterbirth up until the first six weeks. My next podcast is actually going to be about breastfeeding. Now, I assure you it is going to be about breastfeeding because the last time I said it was, and then I didn't because I felt like afterbirth needed to be put in there as well because that's something that nobody talks about. They don't talk about the pooing. They don't talk about the showering. They don't talk about the emptiness. They don't talk about the the midwife checks. They don't talk about, what else have I talked about? They don't talk about the emotions and the tears and all the other things that come with um, those first six weeks after birth. And I say first six weeks because after that it gets a little bit easier. Even breastfeeding, it does get easier. So, ladies, gentlemen, and whoever else has been listening to my podcast, once again, thank you for listening. It has been a pleasure having you all here today. And I look forward to my next podcast, which will be about breastfeeding. And it will be talking to a few other mama bears on their journey. Now, it hasn't been easy. And I tell you, it's not going to be easy. But it pays off in the end. All right, that's me, Stacey Dort, signing out of Raw Motherhood, where we talk about the real, raw side of what it is in this roller coaster called motherhood.